These are the true accounts of the only female combat pilots of World War II. Each episode will be told through the lens of one character, but each character is a combination of many women's stories. I'm Gabrielle Pickle, a producer and huge history buff. And I'm Meg Mesmer, a producer and huge advocate for untold female stories. She was the most famous of all the female fighter pilots. She was one of the only two female free hunters, an elite group of renegade all-male fighter pilots. She downed more Nazi planes than any other woman in the war. Men fell at her feet, and women idolized her. She was stunning, and the most dangerous female pilot of them all. The White Rose of Stalingrad. Lily. Chapter 1. Introduction. Lily lived and worked on a collective farm, an effort that was part of Stalin's first five-year plan to boost agricultural production. In the 1930s, the forced collectivization of farming reduced grain output and almost cut livestock numbers in half. In 1932 and 33, an estimated 11 million people died from famine after Stalin forced the peasants into collective farms. It was not until 1940 that agricultural production actually saw success. And it is here we find Lily and her family. Lily tried to join a flying club at the age of 15, but they told her she'd have to wait until 17 like everyone else. She devoured every book she could find on flying and eventually impressed the chief instructor and the club bent the rules and accepted her when she was just 16. Her longtime friend and fellow pilot Larissa said, Lily was one of those people who was just good at everything she tried. And she was so popular with the boys. I think every man at the flying club was in love with her. The same sort of attention to detail which Lily gave her personal appearance, she also gave to her flying. And that was what made her a superb pilot. Chapter 2, Declaration of War In the first two weeks of war, my brother was killed in action. I was shocked. We were close. I cried for many days and nights. My mother sobbed and cursed Hitler often. My brother was only 20 and had never kissed a girl. Then Stalin delivered another blow to his people. The Red Army, the Red Navy, and all citizens of the Soviet Union must defend every inch of Soviet soil, must fight to the last drop of blood for our towns and villages. Collective farmers must drive off all their cattle and turn over their grain to the safekeeping of the state authorities for transportation to the rear. If valuable property cannot be taken with you, it must be destroyed without fail. With that broadcast and the news that the Germans would cross their farm on the way to take the capital, Lily's family had to make a very hard choice. Lily helped her fellow farmers load three military trucks with vegetables, fruits, and bags of grain. A boy strapped cages of chickens to a truck full of slaughtered goats. Her father and the other farmers slaughtered cow after cow, dozens lying bleeding in the dirt. They loaded the carcasses into an empty truck. Then the Soviet soldiers stepped on the gas and an entire winter's worth of food took off down the winding road towards the men on the front lines. The collective farming family stared sadly at the fields that they had spent their entire lives cultivating. Lily's father lit a match with shaky hands but could not make himself toss it into the crops. Lily snatched the match from him and lobbed it into the field. 
they watched as their entire world burned. As we walked, tired, wet, and disheartened on the roads towards Moscow, I saw the German aircraft flying along our roads, filled with Russian people fleeing their homes. The planes fired their machine guns into the masses and killed most of them, even children. The Germans clearly wanted us erased. I was desperate to fight them. Chapter 3. Training. No one was ready for women in combat. Nothing was sized for women. Literally nothing. Arriving at Ingalls Air Force Base, the girls were escorted to an airplane hangar and told to find uniforms among the piles of men's clothing that were scattered about. Like all young girls, we were pretty fashion conscious, even though there was a war going on. Most of us had slim waists, and though we didn't expect uniforms tailored to us, we hoped that they had made some little concessions to the fact that we were all a different shape from most soldiers. But piled on the floor were heaps of enormous boots, rough woolen vests, and long johns, tunics, trousers, and coats. Larissa picked up two boots at random. They were gigantic. I asked where our uniforms were. He just grinned and swept his arm around the room. We didn't know whether to laugh or cry. The girls tried on the uniforms and dissolved into giggles. Woolen vests dangled down below the knee. Trousers hitched up almost to the chin. Great coats spilled on the floor like bridal trains. The boots were so big, they stuffed pages and pages of books and socks in the toes just to fit. Lily had long blonde hair and big gray eyes. She was just over five feet tall and had a stunning figure. She stood there enveloped in a tunic that touched the floor and boots that looked like a clown at the circus. (laughs) Some of the girls were very good with scissors, needle, and thread. They stayed up all night managing to get some level of alteration to the uniform so that they had something to wear the next day. Then Lily appeared the next morning. Her uniform wasn't perfect, but it was by far the smartest of the group. She had drawn the belt tightly around her tiny waist and had a flower in her cap. That she could look so stunning under these circumstances did not endear her to the other women at all. Once, when they were standing in formation, Lily was told to step forward. She was in winter uniform and had cut the tops of her high fur boots and made a fur collar for her uniform. Marina asked when she had done this. Lily told her she had stayed up all night so that she could have a fashionable uniform. (laughs) Marina stared at her, then told her that she would stay up all night that night and sew it back on her boots. It was strange. The war was going on, but this little blonde girl was worried about a fur collar. I wondered what kind of pilot she would make, so concerned about her looks, so I started to watch her. She was one of the best pilots, always flying perfectly. The same attention she gave her fashion and her hair, she also gave to her flying. Never did I dream that one day I would become her mechanic. While all of them could fly, they had to train to be soldiers. It was up to 14 hours a day, drilling, flying, and in class. Because of the desperate need for pilots, they had to cram two years' worth of boot camp into six months. But no one was more determined to fly fighters than Lily. Larissa said, 
At our old club, Lily was always getting into trouble with the chief instructor for doing aerobatics too near the ground. It wasn't so much for showing off as a total exuberance for throwing the aircraft around in the sky. She was determined to show the instructors at Ingalls from the very start that she was the stuff fighter pilots were made of. Lily took off one afternoon to dogfight with the instructor, Lieutenant Dobkin. Dobkin had told the women, I'm the enemy, I'll find you, and you better be ready. Lily leveled out at 4,000 feet and circled. There was no sign of Dobkin. And then suddenly, Dobkin raced towards her. He was attacking out of the sun. Her PO2 climbed and rolled simultaneously, executing a perfect barrel roll. As she hung upside down at the top of her maneuver there, flying straight below her with a look of fury on his face, was Dobkin, the man who should have been on her tail. She squinted, pressing an imaginary gun button on the control. You're dead, Dobkin. Dobkin didn't like it one bit. (laughs) Can you blame him? His reaction was typical of the chauvinism that the women had to struggle with every day, even in combat. Lily swooped over the hangers and soared up into a victory roll and then snapped into a tight turn and made a perfect landing. That became her signature trademark move that she made after every kill. Raskova firmly believed that women could be combatants and that they shouldn't have to pretend to be men in order to do so. She also didn't believe that they had to appear masculine and unfeminine in order to fight, and believed firmly in women fighting among other women, a very unique idea for her time. However, Marina was ordered by command to have all of the women cut off their braids. It was not soldierly to have long hair, and they were soldiers now. (laughs) They did so, but not without a lot of tears. One girl said, Most of us had long hair, and we were very proud of it. But Lily had particularly beautiful hair. It was like a shining corn-colored mane, thick and curly. It was the sort of hair any girl would have wanted. Except if you're a redhead, because then you love it. (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) So hair covered the floor of the women's barracks. But Lily sat there combing her hair, first on one side and then the other, looking completely miserable. No one in the entire barracks could bear even approach her with scissors and ask her to cut her hair. So nothing happened that night. The next morning, several of the girls went to Marina Raskova and respectfully argued that Lily's hair was too beautiful and they wanted to keep hers as a symbol of their femininity for the entire (laughs) squad. I love that. Marina then summoned Lily and told her to keep her hair securely pinned at all times. Two days later, a general from one of the air armies made a surprise inspection, and he walked up and down the ranks of the women. Then he walked back to Lily, looked her straight in the eye, and whipped off her beret. Her long hair swept down, blowing in the wind. There was a collective gasp, (gasps) unsure what his reaction would be because this was a breach in regulations. The general put his hands on his hips, threw back his head, and gave a great roar of laughter. He waved to Marina, Why don't all the girls have hair like this? They look like boys. A girl without hair is like a horse without a mane. What are you thinking of letting them crop themselves like that? All Marina could do was manage a wry smile. But at least the girls could grow their hair back again. The night before the fighters left Engels training, there was a dance. Of course. 
Lily was casting her spell yet again. A man was pleading with her not to see any other man, and she had only just met him the day before. She said to him, Let's get the fighting over with first, darling. Then maybe we can talk about love, eh? Then she got up and danced with someone else. (laughs) She had this extraordinary effect on men. Chapter 4. The White Rose of Stalingrad. Lily and her best friend Katya were assigned to the 586 fighter unit and sent to the front lines on May of 1942. Dearest Memenka, I'm writing this letter sitting in the cockpit. I'm thinking of you in our dear home eating my favorite fritters. We look so well-dressed and happy. May all this come true one day. Please send me a parcel when you have a moment. I need the following things. White helmet with good material. Two pairs of warm gloves and socks. Toothpaste. And if you have some silk handkerchiefs too, you know how nice it is to get things from home. Flying in the fighters with the closed cockpit, it isn't as cold as the old PO2s. I really feel part of the yak now. I feel we've grown up together. Please remember to send father's photograph next time. Your loving daughter, Lily. Yes. Please, Maminka, don't address your letters to my name. The names of the pilots are supposed to be a secret. (laughs) Even though they were military pilots, they still remain young girls. They dreamed of grooms and weddings and a peaceful future. They thought to meet their husbands at the front. So Lily never forgot to curl her hair before missions. Imagine that I am forced to land at a male fighter airfield and soldiers rush to my aircraft to help because I am in distress. I, absolutely dashing, slide out of the cockpit and take off my helmet. Golden curls fall down my shoulders. Everyone is awed by my beauty and they will all fall in love with me. The curls just laughed at her. One mission, Lily and her navigator were hit and she guided them to a crash landing on the banks of the river. She was terrified her navigator was dead. She turned around to see that her navigator's leg had fallen through a hole in the plane floor and was stuck, but it had saved her life. It caught her from falling completely out of the plane. She had a huge lump on her forehead from the crash, but she was alive. Infantrymen ran up to the plane to help them out, and the navigator burst into tears. Look how many grooms are around. Who is going to marry me with this huge bump on my forehead? Lily just laughed hysterically. She was glad to be alive and had forgotten to take off her helmet. Their principal role was driving off enemy bombers before they reached their targets. But they also had a number of skirmishes with Nazi fighters. And the girls' flair for air combat was noted by their regimental commander, Major Tamara Kazarinova. Stalingrad. It was September 1942. Lily and Katya were transferred to join the men of the 73rd Fighter Regiment in the furious battles being fought over Stalingrad. The Germans had broken through the river and 600 aircraft attacked the city, killing 40,000 civilians. It was hell on earth in Stalingrad. When Lily arrived, she entered the bunker where 20 Soviet men were debriefing their last mission. No one looked up, but gestured for her to sit down and wait. So she sat down still in all of her flying gear, and started to peel off layers as she warmed up. Off came her sheepskin flying boots. Off came her fur socks over another pair of woolen socks. Off came her overalls, and then finally, 
her flying helmet. Quite suddenly, all of the conversation stopped, and when she looked over, the men were all staring, wide-eyed. Hello, I'm your new pilot. Lily was sent to the Free Hunter unit because of her exceptional talent as a pilot, but the unit was not happy to see her or Katya. The girls were summoned to the colonel's quarters, but when they arrived, the colonel and Alexei, a man who she recognized from the night before, ignored them and walked to the women's planes without a word. The two women watched in shock as the men pulled on their helmets and climbed into the girls' planes and took off. They could not believe their eyes. They thought it must be a misunderstanding, but the truth soon came out. The colonel was not about to send girls up in the air to be another man's wingman. This was the free hunters, after all, an elite group of fighters recently organized by the Red Air Force. Instead of planned mission, their jobs were to actively seek out Germans anywhere they could find them and shoot them down. When Lily tried to approach him, he simply said, I will not have girls flying with me. No arguments. You'll be transferred out of here within two days. Lily stomped off. Why wouldn't he give her a chance to prove her talent as a pilot? Collapsing in a patch of wildflowers, she picked a small rose and began pulling off the petals one by one. Yes, he'll let me go. No, he won't. Later, she approached Commander Baranoff when he was alone eating dinner. Please, Colonel, let us fly. We couldn't have been sent here if we hadn't been good. I'm sitting here until you tell us we can. Alexei walked in and slapped his hand on the colonel's shoulder as old friends do and said, surely you understand she's a pilot. She must be given a chance to fly. Baranoff was silent and then finally said, okay, Alexei, tomorrow she flies as your wingman. She's your responsibility. The next morning, Alexei told Lily, forget about protecting me. Just stick to my tail like glue, no matter what you do. Alexei gave her an intense an exhausting test of speed, agility, aerobatic skill, and she stayed with him perfectly and precisely. When they landed, he said to her, Look, Lieutenant, Lily, I'm going to be absolutely straight with you. You were terrific. No one has ever stayed with me the way you did today. You've got what it takes, and I'm going straight to tell Baranoff. Alexei put his hand on her arm and said, tomorrow, you will kill some Germans. And she did. When Lily would return to the airfield after each victory, it was impossible to watch her. She would fly at very low altitudes and do aerobatics over the field. Her commander would yell and scream in the air, I will destroy her for what she is doing. I will teach her a lesson. And then she would finally land and laugh and turn to her mechanic. Did old man father shout at me today? He grumbled every time she did it, but he never stopped her. Secretly, he admired all that she accomplished. Lily had always taken care of her appearance, and it was a challenge for the women in these regiments to keep themselves fresh and clean. They were on the front lines of a war, after all. (laughs) Hair washing was a particular problem. Inna, Lily's mechanic, said... Often at the end of the last mission of the day, I would bring Lily a large bucket and towel and piece of soap. She would open the radiator cap on her yak fighter plane and drain the scalding water from the radiator into the bucket. Then she'd fling off her flying helmet, tuck the towel around her neck, and lather her hair in the glorious hot water. The men could not believe it when they first started doing this. She was washing her hair on an airfield. (laughs) It's amazing. 
And then Lily would stride off to our bunker with a towel wrapped around her head and minutes later emerge with shining blonde hair. You do what you gotta do, you know? I mean, it's only war. She was also very fond of flowers, especially roses. Whenever she saw them, she picked them and spread them on the wings of her plane before a mission. She painted white roses on both sides of her plane and became known to both Allies and Nazis as the White Rose of Stalingrad. It wasn't long before Lily fell in love with Alexei. And like all the other men, he fell in love with her. Their affection grew every time they flew together or when they had to fly separately and waited impatiently to learn whether the other had lived through a mission. They were a perfect partnership, a beautiful young couple on the ground and a dangerous team in the air. The wingman's duty was to protect the tail of the lead fighter pilot at all cost. One of the girls, Nijaya, was protecting Lily's tail as she tried to land one day. Three Nazi fighters attacked their formation out of the blue. Nichaya had no fuel and no ammunition left. It was the end of a night of fighting. She had been about to land, but covered her lead fighter plane with her own plane and died in a blaze of bullets at the hands of the Germans. But Nichaya's mission was complete. Lily landed safely. A few weeks later, the Soviets were interrogating a captured, decorated German fighter pilot. He arrogantly demanded to meet the pilot that downed him because whoever it was must be their top man. They fetched Lily, and she stood barely five feet tall in front of him, seething in anger. Seeing her, he said he didn't care for the Russian sense of humor. (laughs) The Soviets laughed, all except Lily, who quickly proved that she was by detailing how she shot him down, move by move. He couldn't look her in the eyes. The other Soviet pilots had never seen Lily unleash her anger on the ground the same way that she did in the sky in this moment. They knew they were in the presence of a dangerous pilot. Chapter 5. Lily's luck began to run out the day she shot down her ninth German aircraft, and her engine suddenly stopped dead. She crashed and wounded her leg, but that didn't slow her down at all. Then she was shot, but somehow kept flying and fighting through the night. She managed to land her aircraft safely, but had to be lifted out of the plane by her flight crew. The second time she was shot, Lily belly landed in German territory. A Soviet male pilot followed Lily down, loaded her into his plane unconscious, and returned her to the airfield. He took off immediately, and no one ever learned who he was. She woke up in a hospital with a bullet in her arm. When Alexei heard of the crash landing, he immediately got permission to go see her. He brought her a poem that read, To my love, Lily, and a hand-carved dagger. She was sent home for two weeks where she wrote to Alexei telling him that she loved him for the first time. But she couldn't stand to spend any more time sitting still. So she returned to the front lines before her wounds had healed. Lily shot down 12 Nazi planes by herself, as well as a German observation hot air balloon. The balloon was a huge threat to everyone. It could see military movement for miles, and it was protected by many anti-aircraft guns. It allowed the Germans to see Allied positions and movements. Many airmen had tried to shoot it down, but turned back because of the wall of explosions from the guns. Lily volunteered to shoot it down herself. Of course she did. She was just out of the hospital from her second wound, supposed to be on leave, 
but instead she volunteered to attack the balloon. The commander immediately said no. Was she crazy? She was still weak from her wounds. But she responded that if he didn't let her do it, she would do it without his permission. So he laughed and said, all right, well, in that case, tell me how you plan to do it. She took off and flew not straight to the front lines as everyone else had done, but parallel to it, to an area where there were no German troops. She crossed the front lines and flew to the rear, choosing a time of day when she could approach the balloon from the direction of the sun. No one expected anyone to appear from behind them, flying directly from the sun. She was completely invisible until she fired her guns. The balloon immediately caught fire and exploded. The Germans could spy on their positions no more. Soon after, Lily was chatting with Katya, sitting on the wing of her plane, waiting for their turn on the runway. They watched as Alexei put a newcomer through the ringer. He put his yak into a steep turn, trying to get around the other man's tail. But he lost his height, and his wing dropped. The plane roared straight toward the ground, crashed, and exploded. Everyone thought it was the new pilot, but Lily, she knew it was Alexei. She leapt up and ran towards the crash. Lily was completely silent, a rarity for her. As they pulled his body from the plane, she wasn't crying or making any sounds. She knelt next to the man she loved, unclipped the dagger, placed it in his parachute silk, and kissed his forehead. She fought the Nazis desperately that day using her anger as an obsession to kill the enemy. Another pilot had taken a photograph of Lily and Alexei sitting on the wing of a plane with his arm around her. She carried it with her on all of her missions. In the summer of 1943, Katja had to make an emergency landing in a minefield. Her plane hit one of the mines and exploded instantly. Lily was now alone. Her fellow female free hunter, ace pilot, and best friend was dead. The war had taken those she had loved most. The next week, she was returning from a mission, escorting a plane called a flying tank, when Nazi aircraft appeared out of the clouds. Lily tried to escape their attack by diving into the clouds, but they cornered her. Her wingman, Ivan, saw her plane pouring smoke through a gap in the clouds, he thought he saw eight planes concentrating on the yak with the white rose. The other Allied pilots looked for her but could find nothing. No explosion, no parachute. Lily simply never returned from that mission. They never found the aircraft or her body, so there was no funeral. When the regiment realized she wasn't coming back, the men broke down and cried. Ivan said, on her memorial statue, she looks so depressed. But that's not how I remember her. She was full of life. We all loved little Blondie. As a pilot and as a person, she was beautiful. Years later, Inna, her mechanic and friend, personally searched for Lily's crash plane with a metal detector. She searched for over three years, often with the help of her husband and grandchildren. They found 30 airplanes, but none of them were lilies. And then, in 1980, two boys were playing in a field and followed a snake into a hole, as boys do. When they widened the hole to find the snake, they found a body in a grave instead. 
Lily had managed to belly land her plane in a field and died there. Some unknown person had buried her under the wing of her plane. A commission came out and excavated her grave, finding that it was a very small female pilot in full flight suit with two long blonde braids. She was reburied in a village nearby and awarded the Star of the Hero of the Soviet Union Medal. She was one of the only women who became free hunter fighter pilots. And in 13 months, she had shot down 12 German aircraft and aided in dozens of other kills. The White Rose.